Wellness Force Radio, episode 13. What's worth tracking? What's worth using? What's actually going to help me get anywhere? Because my whole illness was basically about finding data that was useful. I've collected mountains of data on my body to figure it out. And, you know, a lot of it hasn't been useful, but I basically had to blitz everything to kind of find the stuff that was useful. Welcome to Wellness Force Radio, where you will hear inspiring and passionate experts in the areas of wellness technology and behavior change. Your host, Josh Trent, will empower you with the knowledge and tools you need to take the very best actions in transforming your mindset, your body, and ultimately your life. Now, here's your host. Wellness Force Radio, welcome back to another exciting, educational, and informational show. I'm your host, Josh Tren, and every week we bring you inspiring and passionate experts in the areas of wellness technology and behavior change to empower you with the knowledge and tools on how to take the very best actions in transforming your mindset, your body, and ultimately your life. Today, I am so pumped to talk to Quantified Self expert and host of the popular iTunes podcast, The Quantified Body. Damien Blankensop. Damien, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be here. Damien, I've talked with you a little bit over the past couple of weeks, and I have been really pumped coming up to this time block for us to connect. I know you're joining us from London, so good evening in London. It's 10 o'clock here in San Diego. You know what's really cool today, though, is we're having a little bit of London weather. It's kind of like rainy and drizzly, which is unexpected for San Diego. And it's kind of fun for you guys, right? Yeah, we're like, we're like oh my gosh, it's raining. It's a totally different uh, phase of weather, so it's, it's, it's a treat. Yeah. Yeah. I've lived in San Diego a bit, so uh-huh. I know. Damien, we're stoked to go jumping into your personal story, but also talk about what you're doing with the show, who you're trying to reach. Today is all about quantified self and self-tracking. So for anyone who's interested in devices, tools, and actually the intention behind those devices and tools, this is your show. This is where we're going to dive into what's working, what's not, and connect also personal stories to multiple angles in this quantified self movement. So Damien, I know you've been tracking, I think, since 2006, right? Uh, yeah, more consistently since then. I guess well, I was doing it a little bit before then, but that's, that's when I really started getting into it. For someone who is kind of just starting their tracking journey, um, you've been tracking for, it seems like, almost 10 years, 10 plus. What was it like in the beginning? What kind of led you down the road towards quantification and quantifying your own body? What did that look like in the beginning for you? Yeah, sure. So... My background is as an analyst and a management consultant. I was a strategy consultant. So my life, my career revolved around data. You know, Um, everything was about data-driven decisions and communicating that kind of sea level. And you know, no one really trusted anything unless it had data. So you kind of, I kind of got into that mode where data was the big thing. And then um, I read Ray Kurzweil's uh, book. I forget the name of it. It's uh, Fantastic oh, I Voyage. I love, love Kurzweil. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, very cool. And um, one of my friends passed it over to me. He said, uh, you're going to love this because I was into the body stuff and he knew I was very data driven. And so he gave me that. And, you know, there's all these biomarkers in there and he's talking about extending longevity, you know, which I've always been interested in too. Um, so, you know, that's what kind of kicked it off for me uh, in terms of like tracking more. Yeah. And, and I was looking at some of the, the different talks that you've done. Something I found online was a, an unknown and incurable illness. And it was right around the time of 2006, you had had some unexplained issues um, with your physiology and with your psychology. Now, this is about the time that you were really driving forward and being a successful entrepreneur. What was that like? I mean, do you feel like that was the catalyst for your tracking? It, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it went exponential. 
so fortunately, I built a passive income business. So uh, when I started getting really sick, and it was really sick, I mean, pretty much everything in my body wasn't working. Um, so I was able to basically just focus on that and start accumulating a lot of data. The reason I had to do that was because I went to see many, many doctors and no one really had a clue about what was going on. Um, so it basically forced me down this path um, or to get more extreme about it. That's that's how I like to think of it. I just got a lot more extreme. Um, so I've really learned by you know just my environment pushing me in that direction um, and learning what works and what to waste of time. And you make loads of mistakes in the beginning, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so it's, so it's been a hell of a journey and, you know, I'm, I'm really focused. I've always been very productivity focused. Um, so, you know, I don't like to waste time uh, with the data and everything. So that's been a journey in like optimizing and like what's worth tracking, what's worth using, what's actually going to help me get anywhere. Because my whole illness was basically about finding data that was useful. I've collected mountains of data on my body to figure it out. And, you know, a lot of it hasn't been useful, but it, I basically had to blitz everything to kind of find the stuff that was useful. And one of the things you mentioned in your talk was that when you went to the the medical system, there was really no clear answer as to where you were going to go and what was going to actually make you feel healthy and have your ultimate vitality. So you took it upon yourself to go down this road of self-quantification. And I have to say, like, this is where most people who really impact other people thrive, because when you go through a journey yourself of, you know, overcoming a hurdle, whether it be health or psychological, these are the types of people you represent the type of person who's actually done the work, who can speak from that place of being genuine and truly help others. Do you feel like right now what you've pulled over those 10 years, I think I'm really interested in learning, like what were the key gems during that process of, of being an entrepreneur in 2006, going all the way flash forward to 2012, having that unknown illness? Was that something where you, you pulled a handful of gems that really, really set with you about what's successful? Yeah, so I mean, what, what happened in that period was I was getting, uh, I, I was a bit ill from 2006. It got really serious in 2012. So this is something that, that drove me to start looking more at data and really just caring for my health. Unfortunately, this is something that happens to everyone. We don't take our health that seriously until it's not working for you. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of my biggest lessons is I've always been one of those A-type personality, very driven characters um, ever since I started my career. And, you know, I'd work the 16-hour days, never get a rest. I was working seven days for a, very, a week for a very long time um, in strategy. And, you know, I really didn't look after my body. And you can't, you can't do that. No one on this planet can do that. A lot of us do this today. Um, we don't realize that really we're burning an asset. You know, we're, we're like basically cutting it down bit by bit. We're burning our resources over time. And, mm -hmm. and sh sooner or later, something's going to happen. So that was one of the biggest lessons for me that, you know, it, it was really my fault in, in good part that I ended up where I was in 2006, where I started getting some little issues that started growing. And then, you know, I started to turn around and start taking my health more seriously. Mm-hmm. And, and during that point, was it something that came up uh, as far as like a year's culmination or was there one specific thing that you found? Was there results, maybe like a biomarker or something specific that really shifted you towards the path of getting better? It's, it's, it's actually been many, many different discoveries. There are so many things in your body you can optimize. So every one of us has things that are unoptimized or a little bit broken. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing the human body in terms of the things that can be broken in it or not working optimally, and we're still getting by. I mean, like if you look at my test results, you know, the last say like three years ago and two years ago, 
it's it's amazing it's amazing how many things are broken and coming back wrong <laughs> yeah like i could see a specialist in pretty much every area of my body um and you know they could be digging into it and trying to fix it so you know you know there's a bit of that we can take a lot of that and i think all of us have that what the one thing that you know is important is that as the as these stack up it's kind of like you know uh, zero to 100, you can have like 10, you can have 20 things wrong. But once it starts getting to 40, 50, that's when you really start feeling it. And it's not just about your performance at that point, you know, you're not just more tired or mentally slow, it starts like fatigue and, and other things. So that, that, that that's a really, really key, like thing I've learned. And I get I guess, it's, it's changed my whole life, because going forward, I, I realized that I'm always going to be taking care of my body from now on. Like I know, I know there's so much to do, and I know there's so much upside uh, in doing it as well because I've experienced a lot of that myself. So, you know, it's just it's just this realization that your body is this thing that you should invest in, and it's it's really you know it's it's, it's the most important thing for my productivity these days. I realized I didn't realize it back then. But, yeah. Uh, if you invest like half an hour a day um, in your body, you're going to be more productive at work. You're gonna get have better relationships. Everything's gonna be better in your life, and that's something I definitely didn't understand back in the day. Yeah, and 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 with Quantified Self, we have this movement that is. I feel like it's growing exponentially. I mean, I was just at the conference. I wish I wish I could have seen you there, Damien. It was a great time. There was thousands and thousands of people. We have a lot of pharmaceutical interests. We have medical interests. We have fitness industry starting to take a look at Quantified Self and the impact that this yeah. can make on people's lives. And essentially, I'd love for you to talk about the show. So the Quantified Body, it's extremely popular on iTunes right now. Um, I had found you through actually one of your guests, Troy. Um, great interview, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Troy is a great interviewee. And um, <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's a good friend of mine and, and he is extremely passionate about tracking in athletic pursuits with his seal fit endeavors. But for me and for the people that I work with and for a lot of people in the fitness industry in general, they're just a bit confused as how to start. Um, can you talk a little bit about what your show is and kind of who your show is designed for? Sure. It basically comes from my journey uh, of getting frustrated with all of the opinion out there about what we should do. Uh, you know, I've gone down many wrong routes and wasted a lot of time, or, you know, and that's something that I really don't like because I like productivity and just getting results and, and not wasting time. So, you know, if, if you, when I really got into my illness, I spent a lot of time reading on the internet and because I'm an analyst, I had this view of the quality of information all the time. Okay, I'm reading this, but what's the quality of the information? Because otherwise I'll be running in the wrong direction and, you know, in a month's time, I'll have to go back to square one. So... You know, the quantified body is really about trying to solve that for, for people. Like the guests I have always have some kind of data or some data-driven focus in terms of, you know, they've done their own experiment where they've tracked a little bit of data or, you know, it's an academic. He's got these papers where he's got, he's got you know, he's, he's done clinical trials and so on to actually prove what he's talking about. So I try to get beyond the um, opinion to make sure whatever's on the show is actionable and can, you know, it's got a high probability of getting a result. Nothing's ever going to be 100% because we all have very individual personal bodies. Mm -hmm. um, but it does give a much bigger chance. So it's basically, you know, about saving people time and getting to the right answers quicker. That That's the baseline for it. Yeah. And, and something I read too, is it's really your show is hunting down the most accurate sources of data. Can you talk a little bit about the, the sources of data that you're tracking right now and, and what sure. those insights have done for you? Sure, I track a lot. There, I can give you the most important ones, I feel, over, you know, some of these are personal, but I'll give you some basic ones just for everyone is like uh, the high sensitivity CRP, C-reactive protein. This is great because it's pretty cheap. 
and you can get it done anywhere. It's extremely accessible. Any lab in the US, you can get you know self-serve labs like direct labs. You can just sign up and get it yourself. And this this tracks your inflammation, which is a really good like inflammation in your body isn't good. And all of us have it today because where where you got some chronic infections or overstress, there's many reasons for it. Um, so you can just track that. And if it's it's relatively high, say above 0.5, you know, my, mine's always below like 0.2 these days. Um, so like if it's if it's tracking above 0.5, you can just have that as an alert as to there's some other things to look into. It's not going to tell you what's wrong, but it will give you a gauge like, oh, there's some stuff I should look into. And, you know, if I look into that stuff, I'm going to feel better, going to be able to perform better and so on. Mm. Are you doing any any oxidative stress testing or does that kind of what the CRP represents? No, so oxidative stress testing is more detailed. Um, so it's it's looking at an aspect of inflammation. There's lots of different as- aspects of inflammation in your body. Um, so I had someone on the show, um, Christine Burdett, who looked at the oxidative stress markers um, because there's a lot of talk about you know oxidative stress in the papers, of course, like in the media. We've been talking about this for 20 years now. However, you know who amongst us actually gets this tested to see if we we have a ba- good balance where we have lots of antioxidants and we have a good amount of oxidative stress, the right amount, or if we've got too much, you know, due to our lifestyle or infections or whatever, um, and we're not having enough antioxidants. But instead, we're just like kind of pumping ourselves full of antioxidants. Um, there's also a question of the quality of antioxidants, whether they're actually working. Mm-hmm. So if you get yourself tested. You can find out where your baseline is if you actually have a lot of oxidative stress. And then you could find out if you actually need more antioxidants and if you need to start like going on a witch hunt for an infection or something like that. <laughs> right. so, that's, so that's something I actually haven't dug into myself yet um, because I'm busy with other stuff that's more urgent. But for the longer term, when I'm looking at longevity, that, that'll be something I'll track uh, once every three months. And so I, I, I remember one of your guests was Aubrey de Grey, and I had the, the pleasure of seeing him speak at the Self Spark conference. And he, awesome. he really dove into um, oxidation. What have you learned as far as longevity? What are the key biomarkers to look at when addressing longevity? Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the most common things that people should look at you know we're looking at like it's 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 most common as uh, most likely it's going to be a problem for you like it is everyone else is looking at blood sugar regulation so like you've, you've heard there's the rise of diabetes metabolic syndrome everyone's got a little bit of um, fat around their waist and so on as they get older mm-hmm. um, so this can lead lead to many things it increases inflammation as well so cancer um, follows on from that and many other chronic health issues so blood sugar regulation is a, a pretty good one. The other reason that one's important is because it's extremely actionable. You know, just by making some lifestyle changes, by changing your diet, you can have a huge impact on that one. So it's within your control if you track it. You know, if you track it and you see where it is, you can take control of that and you can make a big impact on your longevity. And are you doing like a, like a daily finger prick or how does that blood sugar regulation look for you? Right. So I wouldn't do it like that. Well, for one reason, um, there's a relatively, I mean, high cost. It's not ex- really expensive, but the strips, the way it is you have this little little machine where you put strips in, right? So you have to prick your finger um, and then you put a drop of blood on a strip, but that strip is used up. It's a consumable. So the blood tests, they're not, they're not really expensive. You could do these every day. Um, but the way I like to do these things is do them kind of like projects. So because I want to focus on one part of my body and optimize it. And then, and then after that, I kind of know what to do. I don't really need to track it all the time. So then I'll go to something like a once every three months, but it really depends on the biomarker, right? Cause some biomarkers vary a lot. Some, some are very steady over time. So some even like, you know, you get them done once a year and that that's going to be fine. Um, so 
with the blood sugar regulation, actually, last week I did a five-day fast. Um, I don't know if you listened to the uh, episode with uh, Thomas Seafried on the five-day fast for combating cancer. I will check that out. I'm just kind of floored right now. Five days without food? Yeah, exactly. All right. Fast. So, you know, he came on the show. He's, he's like a very well-known guy. He's been talking about the metabolic theory of cancer, how it's driven by damage in our mitochondria, basically. So mitochondria are the power cells of our body. And um, he's got a, a lot of research he's gathered. And there's um, other scientists, of course, backing, backing this up now, um, that a five-day fast can make you know, can protect you from cancer going forward by killing off the cancer cells now. So we all have cancer cells in us. By the time we're like 30, I'm 40 now. Um, I definitely have some in me somewhere. And uh, the question is, like, are they going to grow and develop into something dangerous for my body? Or can my immune system kill them off? Or my mm. body kill them off, right? Yeah. Um, so w- when you do these five-day fasts, there's a lot of auto- autophagy going on. So your cells basically start eating eating themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and And breaking them down. So the cancer cells, it appears, are going to be focused on during this period versus the healthy cells. So basically, it clears up your body of some of the more damaged cells and, you know, and then regrows more healthy, healthy cells. So that's, that's, that's his argument for the, um, the five-day water fast. And the mechanism for, for this is that it lowers your blood sugar. And so the idea is that cancer cells tend to need, it's not all cancers, but it's most of them, tend to need blood sugar to survive. That's their food. They can't live on the ketones, which are the other fuel in the body. Yeah. And it's interesting too, you mentioned the cellular cleanup. This is something where could the average person do this and then still maintain a workout regimen or were you just kind of keeping it low key for those five days? Absolutely not. I mean, um, like, so you've got to, I mean, the thing is you've got, this is why it's a really project. This is a project as well. You have to kind of organize yourself for this. Um, so, you know, I, like for instance, I do all my interviews on Mondays. There was no, there's no way I was going to do the fast, you know, knowing that I was going to be talking to lots of people, having lots of meetings, and you know, kind of having to performing well. However, having said this, right, I've had a whole bunch of friends uh, do this already because they listen to the show, and um, they were really physically weak. But as I said, everyone's different, and so I had an amazingly five productive days, absolutely astonishing. You know, I got so much done. I was so clear-headed. Um, but I would not at all have tried to go to the gym or anything physically. I was really weak. Like even walking around the block, I could feel like I was a bit wobbly. Like my feet weren't doing exactly what they were supposed to do. Right. Um, yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny from that perspective because you've got this really clear mind. And at the end I was actually like sad to leave it. You know, I was like, oh man, this, this, this mental performance is just like awesome. Wow. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So, and it's a lot more scary than it sounds, but, but for that, I was tracking my blood glucose four times per day and also my ketone bodies, uh, four times per day. Like I said, as a, as during a project. So I did it five days before and five days during the fast to see what was actually going on and to see if what, you know, Dr. Dr. Seyfried was saying was actually correct for me to make sure that it's correct for me and I'm getting the same benefits. This is really cool too. I've heard you mention this phrase citizen scientist, and it's actually the first time I've heard it was on your show. What is your definition of a citizen scientist? Yeah, I'm glad you said my definition because there are a few uh, floating out there. You know, for me, it's just, we're, we're just, it's just anyone who's trying to use some kind of science to make sure they're getting the results they want, right? So, you know, I just gave you a good example. All I, all I did was, it's a, it was a very simple experiment. I tracked something for five days as a control. So to control, to understand my normal state of being, 
Um, and then I tracked during an experiment where I was doing an activity, which I suppose is supposed to improve something, um, but I'm not 100% sure. And then I look at the difference and, you know, that's science. And, you know, just, just measuring it, make, making sure you've got some kind of control so you know where, it, where it's going. Um, so it's very basic. It's just people doing experiments um, and, you know, trying to put a bit of rigor into it so that it's actually helping us make decisions. And the powerful part is that it's based on granular data. So it's not pseudoscience. It's not something where you're just anecdotally telling yourself, oh, I kind of feel good. You're actually looking at the data. So when we talk about someone being a citizen scientist, it's just really someone who's empowering themselves. Would you say that's that's kind of where that's really headed towards just self-empowerment? Oh, absolutely. Because there's so many times you get surprised. I was, I was surprised many times uh, just, just during this last experiment, and it always happens. You know, that, and you'll say, I, feel, I can't remember which scientist said it, um, but they were like, they always said that the best experiment result you can get is when you look at the data and you're like, that's interesting, right? Because <laughs> something happened that you didn't think was going to happen. And, I, and like for most of what I do, that there is something like that, you know, and that's where you learn, where if you left it to your subjective, subjective, um, opinion and what you were thinking, you, you'd get it wrong. And it also gives you deeper insights. And what I really love is love about it also is it gives you confidence. I have now, you know, I've decided I'm going to do a five day fast every single month. Now. Um, I know I get mental performance. I know my, my data on it looks really good. Um, you know, I know I've, I've listened to and spoken to the guys who have uh, done all the research and collected all the research on it. So I feel really confident and motivated to do this again, because I know the results coming. Whereas if you take some things that, like I've done fitness programs in the past where I wasn't sure of that, I did many different f fitness programs over the years and tested them out. And, you know, I didn't know if they were working some of the time. Sometimes I felt good. Sometimes I felt tired. And, you know, sometimes I didn't get a lot of body composition changes, but maybe a little. And maybe I thought, oh, it's just my body, you know, uh, I'm not sure. So, you know, I think you should have confidence and motivation as well, which is important. Absolutely. And it's based on, again, you know, that scientific rigor. It's not necessarily guessing. Have you ever used a DEXA scan for kind of pre and post intervention? No, I, ha I haven't used those. Have you used one? Yeah, I, I used one here at UCSD and, and I, I did 120 day transformation myself. And through some of the workouts I was doing on the first protocol, I realized that I lost way too much lean body mass. And that was something oh. where I could actually see the printout. Um, I could see what I was doing. And then 30 days later, I realized, okay, I need to adjust my training based off of my DEXA. So for me, that's been a powerful marker. It's been a good test for me. And I think it's around 125 bucks. So anyone listening, a DEXA scan is a great base line test. It's something where you can get a clear picture of your lean body mass, your bone mineral density, your mesentery fat. This is a good way to get a great starting point. And maybe this is a, a nice uh, transition for us to talk about performance. Uh, you know, in the quantified self, there's a lot of talk of longevity and of health, but has there been anything that you've dealt with in self-quantification as far as athletic performance that's really driven the needle for you? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing is high intensity training. So uh, this, is, this is the kind of Doug McGuff style body by science. Um, I mean, I say Doug McGuff. He's, he's the guy who's popular, popularized it um, more recently, but there were, there were other, you know, other more famous people before. Or, you know. So um, the, the reason this made a huge difference for me, and I was doing this in 2006, actually. Uh, 2006, 2006, or no, no, it would have been 2008, I think. But around 2008, it made a big difference for me because I was working too much. You know, I had a typical, typical, typical hardworking uh, lifestyle. I had a few like health issues, um, chronic stress, so on. Um, and so working out as I was, which was the, at that time, I reduced it to three times a week. 
it still wasn't optimum for me. I was getting tired after my workouts and it wasn't, wasn't, you know, I wasn't making any gains. So what I did with the high intensity training is I moved to once per week. Um, and that saved me a lot of time because I was also time stressed and it was hard to get to the gym and I was cutting out sleep and stuff like that, which wasn't, wasn't helping. Um, so, you know, I reduced that to once a week and literally it was like 12 minutes, 20 minutes. If you count going to the gym and back, like I had it in my hotel. So, um, it was like literally a half an hour, uh, once, once a week. And it completely changed, uh, the way I looked at fitness and I've never gone back since I've, I've since been high recovery based. So, you know, I'll spend all, most of my time reco- recovering, um, and do one workout. Sometimes I've done workouts once every three weeks. Um, or something like that. And I actually got to the biggest I ever was um, with, with this approach. And I had a lot more energy. And I felt really motivated to get to the gym every time and push it with all the intensity I could. Um, so, you know, that that's something that, that really worked out for me. And of course, you know, I was tracking the data all the time. And so I could see when I was increasing my times. Um, Doug, McBuff, Doug McGuff proposes his system of tracking time under load. Um, so I use that and I found it very, very useful um, because it's, it's like kind of micromanaging how much you can push with the weights and the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that, that's something that had a huge impact on me in terms of uh, fitness. And, and as far as performance is concerned, I know that there's HRV is a, is a really big focus right now, especially in the fitness industry. We had Joel Jamison on a couple of weeks ago and he, we really dove into BioForce. Is there a certain device or methodology you're using right now for your performance uh, as far as HRV or heart rate variability? Yeah. So what, so what I do is I take my HRV uh, in the morning when I first get up lying down and I take it with an app called iFleet, which is spelled I-T-H-L-E-T-E, um, from a guy called Simon Wedgereth. And the reason I use that one is because it's got a little bit more information than uh, some of the other apps. And it also allows you to take it within one minute, whereas some of the others require three minutes. And I guess I'm just timer obsessed. And, <laughs> um, you know, that, that, that kind of continues. Um, so I, I like that little advantage there. Um, the, the thing I use, I like it also for is because the extra data he's added allows you to better manage adrenal fatigue because there's some, some situations the other one, the other pure HRV won't pick up, but his extra dimension allows to target that. And I've had adrenal fatigue because of my chronic infections. Um, and of course, as I'm sure you probably know, a lot of people have some level of adrenal fatigue these days and kind of have to monitor it. So I like it for that. And I, like I said, I just take it once once in the morning and it just tells me whether I should charge hard that hard that day or if I should take it a bit easier and, you know, um, rest that day or, you know, go ahead. And I feel, I find that helps me to regulate my life a lot more and get more out over the longer term. Yeah, Damien, I can relate. In, in 2011, um, I, I did a biohealth kit and I was diagnosed with stage three adrenal fatigue. So I wow. had to do a lot of different drops and some bioidentical hormones. To, it took about a year, honestly, to, to right. fig, figure out that for me, the long steady state cardiovascular training was not a go for me. So I, I started integrating more HIIT training, doing a little bit more of, of I think in this early, this early stage, it was me quantifying myself before I even knew what the quantified self movement was. But I was yeah. doing tests. I was, I was becoming as you had say, a, a citizen scientist for my body, but it stemmed from um, a lack of sex drive, moodiness. I couldn't yeah. sleep properly. I mean, I was dealing with some heavy things and I was training clients, you know, eight clients a day to where wow. I was, I was letting them know, Hey, you guys need to be checking these biomarkers. You need to be performing this way. But then in my own life, I was struggling. Have you, have you worked with clients before in the quantified self, or has this been more of a, of a journey for your own body? Yeah, it, it sounds like you got a bit of type A personality going for you there too. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, so I, I actually had this company called uh, Fitness Productivity uh, a while back, before, before, before 2012, where I was coaching, coaching people with fitness in a, in a, using all data. And I actually had this application which would help them optimize their workouts. They put the data in and it would tell them what to do each week and stuff like that. Um, unfortunately, when, when I got really seriously ill, I just dropped that because I already had some other companies I was managing and um, it was impossible to grow that thing at the same time. But that was, that was one thing uh, where I was specifically working on the fitness area. Yeah. Awesome. And, and it's interesting because a lot of people, when they start out, there's so much information out there and there's these different markers and there's all these different apps for someone that's just beginning their journey in self-tracking. What would you suggest the path they go on? Yeah. So definitely keep it, keep it really, really simple. Um, so the way I would suggest to do this would be first, just take one thing at a time, one project at a time and take something that you think is going to be high, high impact for you that's going to be actionable. So there's some data you could track. Like we were talking before, like a lot of the wearables um, in terms of what they're tracking. Um, it's not very actionable, a lot of the data, because either it's maybe not so accurate um, as, you know, as Troy um, is talking about, and, or, or there are other problems that the marker just doesn't really lead to any change we can actually make um, that's going to have an impact on our, a big impact that we want. So, you know, the first thing is to work on one project um, and take something that's going to have some serious impact. Uh, I think a lot of people are interested in um, fitness or like longevity, right, or weight loss. Those are probably the big areas. You know, so obviously, obviously something like easy for uh, weight loss is actually just track, tracking your weight. And as you did, like taking a, a DEXA to get your exact body fat or using one of the cheaper methods. Uh, something very simple like that um, because – as I said before, it'll not only it will give you confidence and it will show you what's working or when you need to tweak and change, but it also gives you that motivation to keep going and accountability to cut to yourself. Um, so I think that's like a huge benefit that people don't talk about a lot. The, the other area I think a lot of people need to look at is um, blood sugar regulation because, you know, just because it's so common these days um, that we have problems with that. So that, that's just another simple thing with a simple thing you can uh, use to prick like we described before. And I think everyone should do that, but that would probably be a next step. Like, you know, most people want to lose weight first and maybe they can look at that, the second project. And so for losing weight too, so you'd mentioned blood sugar, you'd also mentioned kind of just harnessing one project, you know, maybe dumping in three or four data sources. How many things should someone track in the beginning when they're starting out besides the blood sugar? Yeah. So if, if, you, if you're starting out here, here's a selection of biomarkers. Say, say you want to lose weight or you're just interested in the metabolic syndrome, which is, you know, it's what about 60, 70% of the population right now. So um, I would go and get some blood tests and really all you need is the high sensitivity CRP. Actually, that, that's, that's the only one I, I, I think you really need uh, for that. Like the others are, are not really necessary or they're not going to lead you to any action. So you, you go and get that, and that just gives you some kind of baseline for inflammation. Because if you're overweight, and you're probably going to have high inflammation. So this is going to show you, like, the positive impact um, you have over time. You know, track it three months, say once every three months. And if you're, if you're losing weight and you're getting healthier, you're going to see that go down, and your heart disease risk goes down, your, your cancer risk goes down. So, you know, that's going to make you feel happier. Um, the other simple thing is the weight, of course. You know, you want to see that going down and some way of tracking your body fat because, you know, as you just mentioned, you can lose lean mass, which you don't want, which is not, not that beneficial. And what you really want to be losing is the body fat there. And, uh, and then I think it's a good idea to get used to the um, blood sugar 
the, the, the pro- there's a little problem with the blood sugar, um, which is actually something Bob Troyer, a quantified Bob, um, tipped me off to in, in our interview, is that because w- we'll go to a lab, right? If you go to the doctors, they'll take your fasting blood sugar. They'll say fast over the night, go and take your fasting blood sugar, and then they'll base their diagnosis on that blood sugar reading. Um, now, what Bob discovered was that his was all over the place. He was tracking it every day, and it was going up and down every day, like between like 70 and 90, right? So, you know, 90 is getting in the area where you're like, oh, this isn't good. And 70 is really good. So, you know, depending on which day you went to the lab, you could have a completely different diagnosis, right? Mm-hmm. So this is one of those slightly problematic uh, biomarkers where it's really useful, but it's highly variable. It's not very stable. It's going up and down all the time. So this is why this one you really need to track every morning for a while to get an idea of where yours is roughly, Okay, because you could, you know, the first day you could be like 94. So like when I did my control, I had one day which was a 94 in the morning and another day is 70. Right. And, you know, so I got 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 a feel that most of it's around 80, actually, which is fine. Um, You know, so I got I got a good feel for that in my control week. Um, So I think this is everything. Someone something everyone should do. They should do it for a week um, to get a good idea. It's not very expensive because it's only a week and the glucose ones aren't so expensive. Excellent. Yeah, we'll make sure to link these different resources that you've been mentioning in the show notes, as well as the quantifiedbody.net. And a couple more questions and I'll I'll let you go. I know you got a lot going on for the rest of the day, but I just wanted to ask you, you know, with all you've been through and the self-quantification since 2006, and you've, you've really run the gamut as far as trial and error. You've done the work uh, as a citizen scientist for people that are out there that this might be a little bit overwhelming to what is the financial impact of not quantifying? It's, I mean, it's huge. It's lost productivity. I lost, I've lost, I lost two years of my productive life pretty much, you know, cause I had to dedicate it to like figuring stuff out for myself and not everyone's going to go through that. Um, but you know, for years before that, I was definitely underproductive uh, from around um, 2005, 2006 or so. Right? Um, I was I was struggling to get all my work done, and I wasn't able to do the load that I was I was used to. Um, and you know, that's not even counting the reduction in kind of lifestyle benefits of like going out and having fun and having high energy, you know, and, and like being able to do all the sports you want and all of this. So that's kind of life productivity area. So you know. It's, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's huge. Like health is the biggest, biggest lever you could possibly invest in. If you want to get more out of life, if you want to get more out of your career, the, you know, it's, it's the number one in terms of quantifying it. I mean, like I've tracked all the, all the money I've spent trying to recover my health. I haven't, I haven't tracked the lost time, the lost opportunity cost, which I just think is tremendous. Um, and you know, it's kind of a big regret of mine. So, but I've spent, I haven't been tracking it recently because I'm too busy, but uh, last last count, like something like $60,000, you know, on wow. like tests and, and other stuff in this little journey, you know, and, you know, I've lost a lot more upside in revenue and, and just because my businesses were kind of standing still and not really growing um, because I wasn't putting my time into them anymore. This is powerful. You you mentioned the 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 loss of time, but also the the finances invested. So for someone who's who's really you know starting to feel like they're a little overstressed or like their their health is impacting the quality of their life, now is the time. Now is the time to use these devices and apps and become a citizen scientist. And so I just want to thank you for what you're doing with the Quantified Body, Damien. Such a great show. Anyone who's interested in diving in a lot deeper into these apps and devices. Go and check out uh, thequantifiedbody.net. And is it just the Quantified Body um, search in iTunes, correct, for your show? Yeah, that will find it.
Where else can people learn more about what you're up to and, and what you're doing as far as data visualizations? Are you going to be doing any speaking gigs for 2015? Haven't got anything planned uh, yet at all. Um, yeah, I'd, li we, I'd like for us to catch up. I don't know if you're going to be going to the, the biohacking conference or anything else later on in the year, but that would be cool. I, I'm hoping to get to that. So um, I'm in terms of uh, the... Where, where you can find me. Well, I'm on Biohacks on Twitter, so I'll tweet stuff there, interesting stuff I find and, and what's going on. And that that's probably the biggest place, you know, other than the show itself, that that's what I got going on. Awesome, Damien. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. The last thing I want to ask you, and I'm, I'm really interested, what is your definition of wellness? What is wellness to you? So for me, it's like having, I'm obsessed with energy. I think energy is everything. So like when I have high energy, you know, I feel like I'm unstoppable. I can take on anything. Um, I'm, you know, every, everything in life is great. I'm super happy um, and I'm passionate about everything and curious about everything. So um, but that's what it really means for me. I, ju I judge really wellness on the energy levels. And, you know, I think most people today are working on some kind of subpar energy level compared to, you know, I've experienced in say the last year, some really high energy levels um, throughout whole days and um, which I didn't really know existed before. So um, if, if that sounds good to you, it really makes you feel good and great and, and working through life. Um, and that's how I phrase it. Thank you for that. Damien Blankensop. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Josh. Thanks for listening to the show. Head on over to wellnessforce.com slash radio for all the links, show notes, and bonus content. If you're interested in changing old habits with new technology, download your free digital health transformation guide at wellnessforce.com slash radio.